Oxcars listeners and welcome to our Folk Weekend special. Um, as I'm sure you know, the Folk Weekend is happening this weekend, Friday the 21st of April to Sunday the 23rd. And we've picked some of our favourite events from the festival to help you decide what to go to. Here's Michael with the concerts. There's so many concerts happening this weekend that you'll never be able to see absolutely everything, which is the it's the only sad point yeah. of, of the weekend. Um, but so some familiar names, maybe a looping cello genius Duotone and uh, Squeezebox legend John Spears, you may yeah. might already have heard of. Another bigger name is Jim Moray, who's going to be playing on Friday evening. So I've pretty much picked a concert from each day. Uh, so Jim's playing Friday night, half seven, at the Wesley Memorial Church. And if you don't know, he's a smooth voiced, like a slightly glam Seth Lightman. Kind of has a similar approach of just letting centuries old songs sound like there, you know, were written last week. Oh, cool. I've enjoyed some of the songs of his new record, Upsetera. Although it totally rips off a divine comedy arrangement in, in the opening track, which <laughs> is the only thing that... Uh, I might even have a word. I might even have a word with him uh, if, I, if I see him on Friday. Uh, <laughs> doesn't he cut a dashing figure, though, on the cover of the Folk Weekend programme? He's there alongside Nancy Kerr and a rather Millicent-looking Morris man. Yes. Um, <laughs> It's going to be a big gig to kick off the weekend. Uh, support comes from Cara, um, a band who's hammered dulcimer, guitar and accordion, back the distinctive vocals of Russian-born lead singer in original material laced with folk music from around the world. Okay, um, yet more diverse concerts are on Saturday and Sunday. On Saturday evening, there's an absolute feast of music from uh, lots of different artists you may have seen knocking about Oxford at some point or another. Um, but it's a really... Uh, really interesting program. It's called Troubadours and Troubarits. <laughs> Troubarits being, of course, female troubadour. Obviously. <laughs> As we all knew uh, after we looked it up online. That Saturday evening, it's it's at half eight at the Deaf and Hard of Hearing Centre. So amongst those playing, um, we have Tariq Bashir. Um, I could tell you what Tariq Bashir sounds like, um, but instead we get to have a little listen. Here's uh, Shed El Hazam from Tarek, um, as played at the JDP Music Concert Hall. Tarek is an oud player in the Egyptian style. Um, for you Doctor Who fans, <laughs> it's, it's not an alien. He looks like it's eating linguine. It's uh, um, the delicious sounding string instrument you just heard. Um, and he's also a singer, songwriter and member of local rap and turkabilly outfit, the Brickwork Lizards. Oh, right. Of cool. course, because every city needs a rap and turkabilly outfit. Love that. Also on the bill on Saturday evening, we have Rosie Caldicott. Now, Rosie's another artist you may have encountered um, on the Oxford scene in the past few years, and we were fortunate enough to catch up with her last week. Uh, Maddie was talking to her in the 
lovely environs of Beetroot Pantry. So, um, what are you looking forward to most about the Folk Weekend? Well, I'm hoping to go to a couple of sessions. Um, also hoping to go to see Megan Henwood on the Saturday. I am working, but I'm going to try and sneak, sneak out, out on my lunch break. <laughs> um, and then... Leave a sort of straw man at the desk. <laughs> yeah, they won't notice. Um, and also the Troubadours session. I'm playing with some of my favourite people who also happen to be some of my closest friends, so that's going to be lovely. Um, so how did you get involved in the Oxford music scene then? What were your first forays into performing? Catweasel. I mean it still is Mm -hmm. it just plugs you straight into this really amazing diverse high quality like underground music scene Mm. which when you're at any stage of life is intoxicating in a way and um, I did like two years of going every week while I was here I just you know the songs I was writing were just off like really not like to revisit that and I'm glad they're not recorded but, um, but the you have a space to to put things forward and to mm. be in process as well that's okay it becomes something bigger than what you brought but at the same time it was a reason to go back and to write more every yeah, week okay, you know you'd yeah. want to write something new and play something new and share that and yeah I really owe a lot to Cat Weasel I don't think I'd be writing now without it. Another Trubaritz uh, is uh, Laura Theis, who's a singer, songwriter and player of the electric auto harp, the Q chord as uh, as it's called. She's also um, graced Catweasel many times and sings songs of revenge, seduction and being very frightened of spiders, <laughs> um, which is a wonderful approach. Finally, an eminent troubadour of uh, OX4, um, is songwriter, cultural historian, and druid lookalike Edward Pope, who uh, we did we saw when yes. we were at Cat Weasel yes, last time. Yes, we did. Fact, I really enjoyed that. It was good. I can still like, I can still think of, imagine the whole song in, yeah. in my mind after hearing it once. So, Cat Weasel regular. Uh, he seems to have his own sofa. Um, is also a, an historian uh, whose site, his website, if you look it up, is a dictionary of biographies of the forgotten rescuing from obscurity interesting individuals and connections and part of a project towards the total mapping of the past. Oh my goodness. Uh, but maybe more importantly for the evening, he's also a songwriter of rare intensity. Um, yes, that Prayer for Rain song <laughs> that he played at Catweasel last time uh, is still ringing in my mind. So he's a true folk hero. Um, that's the Deaf and Hard of Hearing Centre on Saturday evening. Um, finally, finally, we're on to Sunday. Um, and my choice is on Sunday evening at the Quaker Meeting House, um, Dipper Malkin, as ever, which uh, sounds like a wonderful name in itself, is actually a combination of two surnames. Ah. Uh, so Dipper Malkin is the potent combination of two musicians um, who've spent their careers in groundbreaking projects. So we have John Dipper on the viola d'amour. Viola of love. Oh. I'm sorry, more on the viola d'amour in a second. Um, who is one third of the English Acoustic Collective um, and currently works with string quartet Mavera. While Dave Malkin, who's a guitarist and vocalist, uh, was a founding member of Tandem, the trio who did kind of traditional compositions with live electronics. Cool. So oh, this kind of thing excites me. <laughs> um, and, okay, the Viola de Moore, 
it's not just a viola with hearts drawn on it, it's a renaissance instrument with seven bowed and seven sympathetic strings. So strings that just vibrate along to, to what you're playing. Um, cool. And, oh, it sounds wonderful. Um, it's got a special kind of richness all of its own, and their album gives them unleashing uh, those centuries-old tunes in faithful ways, also straying into sort of jazzy, pentangly areas, which I especially love. Uh, they're playing with support from the Emily Askew Band. Um, that's at the Quaker Meeting House on Sunday evening at 7.45. Tickets for that are £12 or £9 concessions. Of course, if you have a wristband, you can get into all of these things. Hooray! <laughs> <laughs> One of the nicest things about Folk Weekend is how accessible it is to everyone. Literally everyone is welcome, especially those with young families. So, the wonderful organisers at Folk Weekend have created a very informative programme, which provides a helpful guide to all the family-friendly events, uh, marked simply with an FF symbol. Also, if you or a family member have special educational needs, the organisers have selected three events which will be ideal for first-time festival goers. These are marked with an SS. Uh, most of the venues have small pop-up tents if you'd like a less crowded place to enjoy the music. And all the venues have wheelchair access, which is excellent. Um, I've selected three family-friendly events, which I think sound delightful. <laughs> Uh, first up, it's Canal Stories with Phil Underwood. Uh, Phil is a canal boatman, singer-songwriter and performer of traditional music. His mission is to entertain and educate about the rich history and traditions of the English waterways. Which just sounds lovely. I wonder if he performs on a punt. Oh, he should. He really should. Um, this is at the Pit Rivers on Saturday at 11.30 and it's free. Next up, something a bit more interactive. It's Tiny Tots Sing, again at the Pit Rivers. This is a singing session aimed at the under fives with actions, instruments and puppets, <laughs> all led by singer Lizzie Gibson. This is on, on Saturday at 11.45 and Sunday at 11am, again at the Pit Rivers, and it's free. And finally, if you want to get really involved, you can help build a band with Steph West. Steph will teach you a tune and create the funky parts for anyone who turns up, whatever your level. Uh, families are very welcome, but under 10s must be accompanied by an adult. Uh, this is at the St. All Dates Tavern on Sunday at 3pm. The ticket price is £8 and it's suitable for ages 8 and up. This is just a sample of all the fantastic family-friendly events available, so check out the programme for more. <laughs> With all these wonderfully skilled people playing and singing and um, introducing their work, you may feel inspired to upskill or to learn how to get involved. And there are plenty of workshops going on across the weekend in various places, but mainly in St Aldate's Tavern. So I've picked out a few uh, to focus on. Spoons. <laughs> <laughs> we, we may use spoons every day. Yes, we do. But do we use them to create grooves? But put to musical use, the humble spoon can become a mighty percussive instrument. Um, so there are a couple of workshops happening um, on Saturday. And uh, workshop leader and performer Ju May um, was chatting to Katie recently on how she got into playing. 
I made a bit of a transition, I suppose. I went to uh, Sidmouth Folk Week with some friends and discovered folk music. And I started, I, I don't know, I, I, I sort of changed direction in a big way around that time. Um, so from, from playing purely orchestral music, really, um, I then started looking at learning how to play the djembe. So I went to African drumming workshops. I, I started playing the congas a bit. And I delved into all sorts of other things. And I was playing with a folk band at one point. Um, we were we were doing a song that, for some reason, sounded like it needed spoons. I think that was really how it how the spoons started. Oh, really? And I I initially learnt from a DVD. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then I I just really got into it, and you know I spent a lot of my life carrying around heavy instruments, so the spoons were quite appealing, really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Must have been, yeah. Yeah, such a everyday object that you can just pick up and tap a rhythm. Yeah, well, it's, they're, they're great. I mean, they're so versatile. Um, they're obviously very light to carry around. You can just put them in your pocket mm-hmm. and everyone's got them. Yeah. Um, so I, I started doing workshops, really, because I was, I'd been running uh, African drumming workshops. So having got into the African drumming earlier on, I then um, started doing African drumming workshops in schools, which was great. And I, and I still do them sometimes, but... Um, it's quite hard work. It's really hard work on your back. Yeah, sort of lugging around thirty djembes and Gosh. and the dundons, the bass drums as well, up and down stairs and in and out, in and out of the car. Yeah. Um, and then having got into playing the spoons, I thought actually there's not many people doing spoons workshops around. There were, there are a few people, one or two people who do them. Um, and I just so I just tried it out really, and yeah. people seem to really take to it. Yeah. So um, so now now I carry around a suitcase full of spoons rather than a car full of djembes most of the time. Um, so, yeah, it's good fun. I enjoy it. So, yes, the whole family can explore the contents of the cutlery drawer uh, with this workshop and it'll be a chance to de- develop your skills from teaspoons to serving spoons, <laughs> they say. So, you know, spoons of all shapes and sizes. Um, and spoons are... I'm just getting to say the word spoons... <laughs> Quite a lot, which I'm relishing. Um, <laughs> spoons will be provided, but feel free to bring your own spoon if you'd like to. Um, no experience necessary, and a sense of humour is essential. Workshops are happening one at Saturday 12.45 in the Pitt Rivers Museum, and one later on Saturday 4.15 at St Aldate's Tavern. And to be involved in the latter one, it's £8. Uh, also on Saturday, it's a guitar workshop um, with Jimmy Aldridge and Sid Goldsmith which will be an introduction to guitar accompaniment in dad-gad tuning. What's that? Aside from just sounding lovely on its own, play lovely rich chords, in, in particularly in the key of D or G, um, you can quite easily uh, just like learn one shape and then move it up and down the guitar and okay, play like, right. cool songs like that. So it's great for, yeah, it's great for beginners or people wanting to try out something different. Um, so yeah, during the workshop you'll learn a few simple movable chord shapes and put them into practice as uh, the aforementioned Jimmy plays some fiddle tunes for you to accompany. That's on Saturday at 2.30pm at St Aldate's Tavern, again £8 in. There's a shanty singing workshop, try saying that, after you've been enjoying the uh, the other products of St Aldate's Tavern, um, on Saturday evening with Dinfu favourites, I could say, uh, Short Drag Roger. Oh, they're so good. Um, <laughs> who we love, who are just masters of the shanty. Mm. And 
joyfully I can we can let you hear a little sample of, of what you might be in for on Saturday. Um, here's Short Drag Roger singing A Sailor's Life. Don't haul on the rope, don't climb up the mast. If you see a sailing ship, it might be a last. Get your civvies ready for another run ashore. A sailor ain't a sailor ain't a sailor anymore. So yes, Short Drag Roger will be introducing you to some of their hardy sea songs. And you, uh, you do have to be, once again, you don't have to have loads of experience or knowledge uh, of the material. You just come prepared to give your vocal cords a good airing. Um, <laughs> it's become a bit of a pattern. That's it. It's an oldie, it's tavern. It's eight pints in. This time, Saturday at 6pm. Um, finally, a bit of a songwriting session on Sunday morning at 11am. Again, it's an old days tavern, as if they welcome this kind of thing or something. And in this workshop, um, awesome Somerset-based solo artist Ange Hardy will be sharing a number of songwriting techniques and practices with a particular focus on techniques to break through that initial barrier of starting to write a new song. Cool. So it sounds great. Um, as I say, Ange is uh, from Somerset. Uh, she performs with a 27-string salvi harp. Uh, she also uses different guitars, a variety of whistles, a boron, tambourine, an Indian shruti box, <laughs> which once again is not one that's immediately familiar to myself. Yeah, she knows what she's talking about. The uh, session is um, £10 in, £7 concessions, um, and in case you missed that, you can hear Ange playing live at St Columbus on Sunday at 2pm. Um, she'll be Hopefully using the Shruti box and definitely loads of live looping to build up those vocal harmonies. Yes, there's plenty more to learn, uh, including a folk choir workshop and a dance workshop on Sunday. But I think I'll leave it to Katie to lead us on into the dance. So I'm going to begin with that most traditional of all folk dancers, the Morris. Now at Folk Weekend, you're going to see plenty of Morris dancers just wandering about Oxford in their gear. But how do you know which troop is which? Ah. I've put together an easy guide to recognise each different group of Morris dancer. So there are loads of different styles from all over the country. So the ones probably most common around here are the Cotswold Morris. So you can recognise them by seeing if they're waving hankies, um, wearing baldricks, which is like like sashes, sort of crossed over. And traditionally you put a weapon in there, but mm. hopefully they won't be carrying them. Okay, wow. Or they might be wearing a waistcoat or rosettes over a shirt and bells around their knees. <laughs> Of course. Next, there's a Northwest Morris, which comes from Lancashire and Cheshire. Um, they can be recognised by their dancing styles, which are usually in processions, but they can also be stationary. So I guess if you see a group of Morrismen on the spot, dancing on the spot, <laughs> maybe make some assumptions. Yes. Then there's the Welsh Border Morris. So they're from Herefordshire, Shropshire and Worcestershire. They're the ones who usually have face paint or masks. Uh-huh. Their kits usually have tatters dangling down from a jacket and a decorated hat. I think we've got a really lovely picture of um, a Welsh border Morris. It's just fantastic. Such a fantastic outfit. (laughs) This is great. It's like Spring Watch. (laughs) (laughs) Spring Watch for Morris, man. Maybe you should, we should print out like a checklist and then every time you see one, that'd be so good. Yes. Okay. Next year. Next year. Okay. Then there's the wrapper sword dancing. 
which just sounds dangerous. Uh, this is from Northumberland and County Durham. So this style has five people dancing, all linked using double-handed flexible swords, weaving different figures for display. So definitely the most dangerous of all the Morris available. So maybe go see that, that'd be entertaining. <laughs> and then finally, there's the clog step. Uh, this is the dance of miners and labourers, and as you can guess, they danced in clogs on the spot. I imagine it's quite difficult to dance with clogs not on the spot. So keep an eye out for these Morris groups around Oxford. They will be lurking about around the Ashmolean, the Museum of Natural History, Bond Square, Broad Street, the Covered Market and Gloucester Green. So keep an eye out. Next up, something you can you can get up and join in with. It's the Kaylee, and there are plenty going on, like so many. So you have lots to choose from. Pretty much all the Kayleys are being performed at the St Barnabas Church. And kicking off on Friday, it's the Melrose Quartet with Sarah Clough. These guys play traditional folk, and you can expect an exhilarating evening of top tunes and songs. Um, according to the Folk Weekend organisers, it's not one to miss. So that's on Friday at 7.15 and it's £14 or £10 concessions. Keep an ear out for their new record, Dominion, which is a mix of a cappella and accompaniment. Oh, sounds interesting. A cappella Kaylee. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Uh, the next Kaylee is a bit more family friendly. In fact, it's called Family slash S-E-N Kaylee with What's Up Folk. And, and cooler Andy Rouse, this is this Kaylee promises to be full of youthful vigour and energy, as this folk is from the John Mason School and will have you tapping your feet and jumping for joy. <laughs> this is on Saturday at 11.30am, and that's £5. Then on Saturday afternoon, there is a cheeky afternoon Kaylee with the Oxford University Kaylee Band. Um, that starts at 3.45, and it's £10 or £7 for concessions. Then at 7.30 on Saturday, there is the discussion topic and caller Nick Walden. Uh, this starts at 7.30 and tickets are £14 or £10 for concession concessions. And finally, if you haven't had enough, there's <laughs> one more on Sunday with from the Emily Askew Band with Emma Wooders. And this is at 2.30 um, and it's £14 or £10 for concessions. Kaylee, till you follow her. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine if you went to all those Kayleys. <laughs> <laughs> like you wouldn't be able to move for a week. <laughs> no. I mean, my family went to the Kaylee last, last year at a wedding and one night of it was enough <laughs> for us. I mean, we enjoyed it very much. I had to get my brother to carry me at one point. Oh my goodness. If you'd like to try a slightly different style of folk dance, why not try a bal? So this is a folk tradition which was revived in the 1970s. The dancers come from different parts of Europe. Um, the choreography is very simple, but instead of staying with one par partner for the entire dance, you usually swap partners with each different dance. So, If this sounds intriguing, why not pop along to a Scandinavian dance workshop with Lucy Hazard at St. Columbia's Church on Friday at 545 and then try out your moves at Cold Harbour's Scandi Bal with Andy Parr and Ella Sprung, who has the best name for this. Uh, so tickets for the workshop are £8, or they're, or if you buy a ticket for the bal straight afterwards, they're actually £5, and tickets for the bal are £14 or £10 for concessions. Cold Harbour and Lucy Hazard are back on Saturday at 5.45, this time with a French dance workshop, 
and then a French bell at 7.15, again at St. Columbia's Church. Cold Harbour are an Oxford-based band playing music from the European couple's dance traditions. Um, one of the members, Hinny, is actually a former Daily Info employee. And we actually spoke to her about bells in last year's Folk Weekend special, so maybe have a check that out if you want to hear more about the band. Finally, if you want something completely different, why not try a clog workshop? Fire Clog, who have the best name ever, (laughs) are bringing a family-friendly dance workshop to the Pitt Rivers Museum on Sunday at 1.45. It's free-for-all, but it's advised that you bring noisy-soled shoes. Go along and make a racket. So if you want to have a play or have a listen to something um, maybe more relaxed, uh, there are lots of sessions happening across the weekend. Now, uh, just so we're all on the same page about what a pub session is, um, it involves more than just drinking. Okay. Because <laughs> <Good. laughs> I can do that anytime, really. Yeah. I'll, uh, I'll refer to Wikipedia, uh, my authority for all things, uh, for maximum clarity. A pub session refers to playing music and or singing in the relaxed social setting of a local pub okay. in which the music making is intermingled with the consumption of ale, stout, beer and conversation. <laughs> Not so, wine then or anything? Oh no, no okay. it must not. <laughs> I'm sure you can also get an orange juice if you want. But um, yes, music making, music making and a bit of drinking at the same time. Um, so the first few I'm going to mention are all happening in the Crown uh, on Cornmarket Street which is uh, where I enjoyed a slow session last year. Um, firstly, there's an, um, there are Irish sessions happening across the weekend, uh, led by Naomi Holland. They're on Friday, Saturday and Sunday, all 8pm. Shashun in Gaelic. Speaking of uh, Irish music and drinking being combined, we, we love being spontaneously joined in the Half Moon by a, <laughs> a trio of Irish players last year. Mm. Um, and if you can keep up with them, uh, it's a huge amount of fun to play along. So, yeah, drop in any evening at 8 at the Crown. Also at the Crown, there's an early English session um, on Saturday at 5. It's led by Tim Howes and Helen Rose. Um, Now, if you pop into either of the above and feel like becoming a regular attendee or participant (laughs) in sessions, um, Irish or early English, then the White Hart in Wolvercote um, hosts a range of monthly sessions, um, early English and Irish um, so you can look up the white art um, at other times of the year there are linking on from the Bal chat earlier on there's a Scandinavian session um, on Saturday at 12 noon at the Crown led by Ed Pritchard and a French session on Sunday at 12 noon led by Ed Pritchard at the Crown oh. a man of many talents <laughs> and many hats hopefully literally um, he wears, puts on a different hat depending on which folk tradition he's drawing on um, and um, finally at the Crown on Sunday at 5 a Galician session uh, led by the wonderfully named Mano Panfortiero that is a great name I'm hoping that's how you pronounce it it also sounds delicious <laughs> Galicious <laughs> for some Galicious music um, Mano is a lovely guy with a huge beard <laughs> and he's a Galician piper um as we're in Oxford, we may as well examine his academic credentials. Well, yes. He's written a, a paper in which he examines the bagpipe as the quintessential identity symbol of Galician society. So, like, the piper had um, 
kind of a, a, a big social role, uh, traditionally, um, both in Galicia and in the Latin American and European diaspora. Very much carrying on a tradition that's uh, part of his heritage that stretches back through the years. Um, but most importantly, he plays with a bit of groove, which is not what I would have first associated with the bagpipe. I feel like that's a, a, as good a reason as any to go along, um, that it's not something I would have thought bagpipe music is mm. is is really like but uh as with many creative traditions they're a lot richer and more exuberant when you get immersed in them or witness them live so this goes for the whole of folk weekend <laughs> um go and search out things you haven't heard before there are some sessions outside the crown as well there's a song session with the skeptics it's on friday at 3 30 in blackwell's bookshop and uh, they're an acapella trio with a distinctive style uh, penchant for incorporating pretty much anything that can be pulled apart and reformed into folk. So they work under the adage that anything done more than once is traditional. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, it could just be entirely Taylor Swift. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, it probably won't be. That's just my deranged imagination. So they'll be adding their folk fusion twist to a range of songs you may recognise from somewhere. Um, There's uh, a session of a different vibe, a singing session with Mike Gibson on Sunday at two at the Vaults Cafe. Um, and Mike's perf- been a, performed as a singer and session leader for many years in England and Wales. Is uh, Fukuyama stalwart, um, and they're glad to welcome him back to host the big sing. Uh, so it's an open singing event. He'll be inviting audience members to perform songs if they want. Um, so if you want to have a performance slot do speak to him at the very beginning get their sharpish at two um there are also survivor sessions i don't know what goes on there i think it's you've just managed to if you're still standing after all the kayleys uh or something with mick phillips and friends uh on sunday at 5 30 at the very end of the festival and late night sessions on friday and saturday at the royal blenheim and st Aldate's tavern Something new for this year's Folk Weekend, Uh, there's a chance to improve your folk knowledge, not just your appreciation of the music. Yes, there are lectures. Of course there are, it's Oxford. I spoke to Giles Burgle, who will be speaking on the history of the broadside ballads at St Aldate's at 12.30 on Saturday, and asked him to explain what exactly is a broadside ballad. A broadside ballad is a piece of paper printed on one side and the fact that it's printed on one side is important because that means it can be stuck up on the wall like a poster and uh, it contains one or more ballads, always in the form of a song lyric. Sometimes they have the name of the tune to which the ballad can be sung on them and they very often have illustrations, quite simple illustrations made with wood blocks and they are produced in vast quantities in this country in particular. They're common to some other countries as well but they seem to be particularly an English language special specialism. They were sold on the streets by travelling ballad sellers, streets and fairs, who might be singing or crying the first line of a ballad. You could buy them very cheaply for a penny or a halfpenny, and they were then uh, taken home to be enjoyed in multiple ways, read, sung out loud, stuck up on the wall, particularly if they were, if they were decorated, 
and uh, now survive in only a very small number, particularly the earliest ones. They're around from really the beginning of printing, so the kind of late 15th century through to well, the late 19th century. But I mean, they're still sometimes produced today in rather small numbers as, as, as uh, special items. But their heyday was really from the late 16th through to the mid 19th century. Tickets for that are £10 or £7 for concessions. If you listen to the interview, you'll hear that Giles actually recommends this next lecture. Um, I know he's very excited about it. This is Mike Heaney speaking on the complete and utter history of Morris at the St Aldate's Tavern on Sunday from 1 until 2.30. Again, tickets are £10 or £7 for concessions. I guess then it will shed some light on why all the different groups have such different styles. It's worth noting that if you have a wristband, you get 10% off at Morton's Sandwich Bar and a 20% discount at the nose bag <sighs> just by showing your wristband or being in full Morris outfit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think a wristband may be a bit more doable. Yeah, I, I think that's probably easiest. I don't want to mix up my Morris outfits, you know, I don't want to cause a scene. Oh my goodness. I know. If you have a season ticket, please do arrive at least 10 minutes before the start of each event to ensure entry, and that allows the organisers to sell on any remaining tickets. You can also buy tickets for individual events online, so you can ensure that you don't miss out on that shanty session. Mm. Um, said that. Um, if you'd like to have a look at the programme, you can pick up your copy from various shops around Oxford or you can download it online at folkweekendoxford.co.uk Thank you very much to all the artists who kindly let us use their tracks in this podcast we really appreciate it and yeah, get out there and have a really wonderful weekend fully immersed in all the folkiness (laughs) Here's Joe May and Linda Game to play us out (laughs) 